This insert is brought to you by Radio K Pulpit, 7 to 9 a.m. Please visit kpulpit.co.za. want to welcome everyone listening. This is Alana Willifree and I am with Body Matters and today I have a long-standing friend and assisting Christ called Nicolette Princely from Stellenbosch and we are going to be chatting about stewardship and how to steward your finances. Um, I've invited her today to share with us about Kingdom Finances because I know that this is something that is so dear to our heart, and I know that this is also part of her calling. So I just want to welcome you, Nicolette. Thank you, Alana, and I'd like to say hello to all the listeners, and thank you for asking me to join you today. I've been listening to your talks, and I find them really insightful and enriching. Oh, thank you so much. But today we're going to pickle your brain a bit. So I just want to, to get a little bit of your knowledge and your experience on the, on the topic of stewardship. But I know you very well, Nicolette. So don't you want to just tell um, the listeners out there a little bit about yourself and John, what you do? I am a worshiper at heart, but with the mind of a practical economist. I obtained an honours degree in financial analysis and portfolio management from UCT in my late 20s. The Lord needed a long time to prepare me for marriage and motherhood. After my second baby, I joined my husband's firm, Exchequer Fund Management, which offered me a little bit more flexibility in combining motherhood with the financial industry. Exchequer, um, a little bit about that, is a Mm. alternative investment company. We specialize in hedge funds and long-only offerings to institutional clients, high-net-worth individuals, and private clients. Our aim is to provide superior risk-adjusted returns to our investors over the medium term, while focusing on capital protection on a continuous basis. Our disciplined focus on risk management helps us to navigate financial markets. XFM has a charitable arm called the Kingdom Trust, where we as a company aim to spread God's kingdom. Mm -hmm. I also believe it is important to belong to a church family, and we are members of our local Every Nation Community Church. Um, You know what, it's so um, exciting to hear that, um, you know, there's always a a accountability when people are, you know, talking on a a specific topic, whether it's finances or, you know, anything that you are, um, you know, not an expert at, but what you are good at and that you, you know, you, you fall under a leadership. And I think that's also so powerful. But I want to come back to the topic of stewardship because that's what we're going to be discussing. Um, tell us about how it is or, or what it is to be a good steward of your financial health. And as you say, finances is never as, as simple as money in and money out. <laughs> yes, absolutely. <laughs> It's unfortunately an exact science where nothing remains nothing, zilch, zero. Money makes the world go round, 
And even if we want to stick our heads in the ground, it is not something we can hide away from. So better that we have a plan and a purpose and consult God on the how, the what, and the where. Mm. A biblical view of stewardship is utilizing and managing all our resources that God provides to the glory of God and the betterment of His creation. Managing everything God brings into our lives in a manner that honors God. To me, personally, that means that what you have been given, you must use wisely. Mm. And that includes your finances. The more you've been given, the more responsibility you have to use it wisely. And you know what always stands out? Um, Because I've known you so long, I know this quote that you've quoted so many times, and you say, to those much has been given, much is expected. And so I just wanted to also just add to that um, statement, because I always believe that we must remember that when God blesses us financially, that blessing is never intended for ourselves. It's always so that we can be a blessing and to other people. And um, also just on that topic, I just wanted to ask you, there's so much need out there. You know, there's so many people that have needs. And and as someone, um, you know, who has been blessed with so much, when do you know when to give and when not to give to others? Yes, Alana, especially during this time of COVID and so many people are in dire straits, they've either lost their jobs or they are only on part salaries mm. and I think everywhere in our country and even the world we are we are seeing how people are under pressure, under mm. pressure with not enough. Yeah, that's very true. Just too few jobs around. So the economy um makes it hard for people who need to, to go on living their lives. Mm. Um So let's make it very practical. Where do you give and where don't you give? I've been in a situation where my heart desperately wanted to give, but God told me not to give. Mm -hmm. The Holy Spirit clearly told me that I cannot interfere in the work God is trying to do in that person's life. So you also have to um, listen to what God is saying to you in every single situation. Another example that I can give is where somebody gives and and sows, and then that person would like to direct how the receiver is mm. stewarding those funds. But it is not the responsibility of the giver to govern how the money is used. So there's a fine line there. Yeah. <laughs> if you give it away, you give the, you give it away. Mm. Obviously, you want your blessing to be fruitful. Yes. Therefore, even more so, it is vital that you hear from the Holy Spirit where you should give. What the receiver of the blessing do with the funds is their responsibility towards God in their stewardship walk. I also find that there's so many people that say, you know, they're not going to pay their tithing also to the church because they don't know what the church is going to do with it. So um, it's very true what you're saying on, you know, when you bless someone and you decide to give that money to them, it's not your responsibility, um, you know, to, to oversee what they do with that money. Um, that is their responsibility towards God. And I, I totally agree with you 100%. And then just coming back to this whole topic about 
when do you give and when don't you give? And as you said, you know, you need to find out from God and you need to be led by the Holy Spirit. And um, there's a scripture I know in Psalm 112 verse 5 that says, Good will come to those who is generous and conducts its affairs or business with justice. And one of the um, other translations, Nicolette, it actually says that we must conduct our business or finances with discretion. And I love the word discretion because it talks about, you know, we, we need to get wisdom and use our discernment and sometimes even just common sense, you know, who we should give to and how we should steward our money. And, um, yeah, so I agree 100% with that. It is definitely laying things before the Lord and, and really trusting Him where to give and where not to give. But Nicolette, um, tell us about the mathematical equation that you mentioned to me before we actually, um, um, before the studio, about the 90% plus the 10% that equals the 100%, which you call the 10, the 90-10 principle. Yes, indeed. I think um, we've all heard many sermons on tithing and where you should tithe to the church or um, to the Levites, like in the Old Testament, who is the Lord's housekeepers. And what was to me quite an eye-opener is not the focus on the 10% that you have to leave off and throw the small coins in the basket but that the 400% of your finances and wealth belong to the Lord. Mm. He simply asks that you give 10% back so that the pastor can eat and <laughs> buy good coffee after the service. <laughs> and with uh, the other 90%, you can live your life. So, yes, so you are the, cus- the custodian of 90%. God gives us a hundred percent. God gives our talents hundred percent to edify His church, and um, and all He's asking for is ten percent of what He's already given us. So yes, absolutely, Nicholas. I think let's take a short break, and then we will continue with this conversation afterwards. Thank you. Hi, this is Alana Willyfree, and this is Body Matters, and I'm chatting to Nicolette Princely on the subject of stewardship. Nicolette, we were just chatting about um, the 90-10 principle and, you know, that God has given us um, the full 100% of our finances, like you mentioned, and He only requires of us to give 10% back. Um, And this just reminded me of that scripture in Deuteronomy 8 verse 8, which says, But remember the Lord your God, for it is He that gives you the ability to produce wealth. So at the end of the day, actually, we wouldn't be able to produce anything if it wasn't for God. And um, I was actually, I wanted to share this with you. I was um, listening to a sermon the other day about finances and I know we always talk about the whole story of Malachi 3 and everybody knows Malachi 3 where God says in his word about um, you know you've robbed me from your tithing but I just want to um, just want to share this interesting principle that this pastor mentioned so I just quickly want to read Malachi 3 which is 8 to 12 which it says Um, Will a man rob God? Yet you robbed me. But you ask, how do we rob you? And it says in tithes and offering. 
And it says, you are under a curse, the whole nation of you, because you are robbing me. And then in verse 10, it says, bring the whole tithe into the storehouse that they, so that there may be food in my house and test me on this, says the Lord Almighty. And see if I will not throw open the floodgates of heaven and pour out so much blessing that you will not have room enough for it. And then the last one that I want to read, it says, um, that's number 11, which says, I will prevent pests from devouring your crops and the vines in your fields will not cast their fruit. I will cast their fruit, says the Lord Almighty. So I just um, want to touch on that where this pastor was talking about, um, you know, when you give your your 10%, your tithing, there's always a um, blessing that is attached to it. And that blessing is that God says, if you pay your 10% first or whatever, your tithing first, then he will protect the other 90% and there will be a blessing on it. And I just thought that was so powerful and I, I just wanted to share that. Because um, so often people say, I don't know if you heard the expression, Nicolette, I've got a hole in my pocket. <laughs> you know, when when you, you get this money in, like my sister was always saying, you know, Yo, you get a bonus or something. And just the day when you get the bonus, the car breaks down. Um, then you've got all this unforeseen, you know, things that you you need to pay for. And before you see it, that money is gone. And I think that is a, like a demonstration of what God is saying. And I will protect you from the devourer because that money will not be devoured. You know, once you've paid your tithing first, which is your first fruit, the rest is protected. And um, yes, yeah. That is a good teaching. Yeah, I just thought it was so, it was such a, you know, taking it from just from a different perspective. And there was also mm -hmm. something um, that I wanted to add just lastly um, to that. And that was Corinthians, 2 Corinthians 9, 6 to 8, where it says, Each of you should decide in your heart to give, not reluctant or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. And um, when you were talking about the tithing and the 10%, and I, th I think, I don't know about you, I don't know if you agree with me or not, Nicolette, but sometimes I think the 10% is almost the minimum requirement. Absolutely. You know, yes, that because mm -hmm. if you only give 10%, you can only expect the 10% <laughs> blessing. <laughs> yeah. I want, I want life in abundance. Yes. That definitely, because I, and it says here, decide in your heart. So I think the 10% is almost like your, your duty, but God, God loves a cheerful giver. So it says here, decide in your heart what you want to give. So if you want to give more than that, that is also amazing. Yeah. And the one thing I also realized, and I don't know, I know that a lot of people struggle with it. And I, I don't know, I think we're all human, so we struggle with when we have to give. Sometimes it's, you know, we give reluctantly. You know, we don't always want to, you know, we, we want to give, but, you a know. Sorry? A stingy a giver, stingy yes. Giver. <laughs> and, um, you know, and sometimes, I mean, that's human. We all like that. But, you know, that always... Um, comes back to that God looks at our heart when we give and if our attitude is right and I was thinking about that story of Cain and Abel 
um, you know, where they both had to give God an offering. But um, I think it was, yeah, Abel's yeah. offering was more acceptable to God because of his yeah. heart. And um, yeah. so, yeah, I, I thought I just wanted to add that lastly to, you know, the whole principle and of it is giving. A to give. I mean, yes. And I mentioned it that it, it is a wonderful experience when you can feel that you are actually working in God's kingdom and your finances is reaching some of God's purposes. It's, it's a great joy. Yes. And I think also to see the, you just to know that what you've done is such a blessing to other people when they receive it and you can see it on their face and you know that it's something that they, they really, you know, really want or really need it. Um, and it's really spot on. <laughs> yes, spot on. You know, then they know that is definitely God sent. Um, yeah. I also wanted to, to ask you, just tell us about the talents that God has given us. Yes, it's a, it's, it's a very valuable parable of the talents that, is, that we read about in Matthew 25. Verse 14, um, where the man called his servants and he gave the one five talents and the other two and the last one, one talent. Yes. The five talent guy worked hard and earned five more. And the Lord said to him, well done, my good and faithful servant. You were faithful, or, or shall I say his master said to him, well done, my good and faithful servant. You were faithful in the little and I will make you ruler over many things. This is after he returned from his <laughs> vacation. Yes. In other words, if um, you steward the finances that God has entrusted you with faithfully, the Lord will be able to entrust you with more. Hmm. Now that's but true. But I also want to focus on another lesson that we hmm. can learn from this parable, and that is... That is uh, um, the chap who only got the one talent. And um, he operated in fear and he buried his head and literally his money in the ground. And it's very interesting how God calls him out to have been lazy. Mm. That means to me that ignorance of finances is not an excuse. Uh, just to bury your head in the ground um, is, is not an excuse to not... Be stewarding your, your yeah. finances. Yeah, and not to use what God has given you because sometimes God has gives us so many talents and talents doesn't always necessarily mean money. But in this instance, when we talk about finances, um, all the other um, servants actually, you know, they, they took what they, ha they had and they multiplied it and um, to create more wealth with it. And, and I also believe that's God's heart. I mean, it says if you work hard to multiply, he will give you more, um, especially if you're utilizing it for God's kingdom. And just another question, and I also want to ask you, would you say it's God's heart for us to save um, versus living or yeah, just debate about whether, you know, God would want us to save or just live from day to day. How do you feel about that? Oh, Alana, that is a very interesting topic. It's a little bit like politics and religion. <laughs> <laughs> Are you saving? <laughs> um, 
there's a very fine line between using your five talents to multiply, but some people could argue that the chap who buried his one talent in the ground was, he was saving it because he was mm. scared to do anything with yeah. it. Nonetheless, to put money away for a rainy day is um, a virtue that we've all often enough heard about. And some people would say that God will provide my daily bread. I don't have to concern myself with the day of tomorrow. Mm. Matthew 6 verse 26 says, Look at the birds of the air, for they neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns. Yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not of more value than they? Mm. Which of you by worrying can add one cubit to his stature? I think verse 27 reveals God's reasoning that you should not worry or be anxious. Philippians 4 verse 6 says, but in all things consult God, which brings us back to the whole concept of stewardship. And yes, I think also, once again, some people is, is, are a little bit arrogant in saying that I don't have to concern, I'm a little bird, I don't have to concern myself about the day of tomorrow. Yeah. But um, that is also not God's heart. Mm. But that's also discretion, hey? coming back to discretion, what yeah. we talk about. I mean, I think there's a place to maybe like put aside money, like for instance, when we look at that dream that Joseph had um, with the seventh and cows, where the, I think the king had the dream. Um, and then, yes. and Joseph interpreted it and he said that obviously what God was warning them, that there was going to be a drought and a storage of food. And so they had to, Joseph, because of the dream and because God, through his dream, told Joseph to put stuff aside. So he had to put away, you know, food and uh, I think it was grain and everything for that time when there was no food. And so, yeah, as you said, it's wisdom and discernment put in action. Absolutely. And even if you have lots mm. lots of finances or if you have little I think it's not God's heart that we must squander. I think mm. we should value everything that we've been given and not just squander it away. Um, also, we should not be ignorant. It's um, easy to say, oh, I am not a financial person, or, mm. or oh, my finances are private, or oh, my husband manages our finances, or yeah. I work so hard, I deserve at least 10 pairs of shoes. <laughs> I wish. <laughs> What are you, the question you must ask yourself is what are you feeding with your purchases? Mm. Are, are, are you operating in greed? Or are you operating in insecurity? Are you competing with the Joneses, the next door neighbors? Or, and it's, I, see, I look at my children who's starting to become teenagers and they are so aware of labels and what they should be wearing and what phone they should be having. And yes. I mean, and I'm trying to instill in them already at a young age that why, why? You must ask yourself, why um, do you want that yeah. item? What is the what motivation? The <laughs> yes. What are the emotions you feel when you go out on a weekend and you go and binge shop everything mm. that was on sale or what are your motivations when you want that bigger house or that bigger car? Mm. This takes an immense amount of um, self-evaluation and, and discipline. And God talked about your character in the Bible and 
how discipline brings forth character. It's not easy. Mm. No, I think I, I think that that is such a powerful statement, Nicolette, because a lot of people um, spend money um, and they need to question the motives. You know, why do we buy stuff or spend money on stuff that's unnecessary? Why Why is there such a need to have more when you already have enough? And I, yeah, and I think I think that is powerful to actually question the motivation. Like you said, why do we want that? And um, that also reminds me of that scripture in Romans 12, 2, that says, do not conform to the patterns of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind so that you may know God's good, perfect and acceptable will for your life. That I think that is part of stewardship. I, I don't know how you feel that that is God's yeah. stewardship of, of how you spend it and not to to spend it the way the world would spend it, but to spend it according to um, his will. And in South Africa, it's so clear to see if you drive down the road where the poverty lies or mm. who, who has and who has not or who have not. And yes. All around us. Yeah, and that comes um, to the next topic topic of what is what is a poverty mentality you know we have spoken about greed but there's another side to the pendulum which is fear so how does fear how do you think fear kind of um goes hand in hand with the poverty mentality yes i think if you if you look around you and you see all the uh, the, the poverty you can become completely overwhelmed mm. and it's sometimes good to just remind yourself that God said in the Bible, there will always be poverty. There will mm. always be beggars. And it's, it's sometimes tough to realize that we cannot save everybody. We cannot help everybody. Mm. It's, it's so tough. And then I just remind myself that even the Lord said there will always be beggars. Mm. Um, it, it's so, but it does make you think and... I think what what should you what you should think is then what is creeping up on you? Is it a sense of fear mm. when you are not operating in greed and but when you are operating in fear and that is where a poverty mentality can come and sit on your shoulders mm. and you you will ask me fear of what <laughs> and I think for every person this is different yes. for some it can be fear of hunger literally. Mm. Or, but for some people, it's more a fear of not belonging or being judged by people around you. Mm. Or I think for some people also to have that desperation or that panic that you don't have enough or will you ever have enough. Or um, I think wording is an example of yes, fear. Yes, definitely. Program <laughs> <laughs> of um People just hoarding and hoarding. They're not. They are not able to get rid of things they don't even need. Yes. And that is basically fear. You feel that if you give it away, you will never get it back, or you will never have enough. And that's so powerful because it just reminded me of of a statement that someone said once to me, and and this is also, it says. Um, if someone said once, if you are unable to give when you have little. There's no way you're going to give when you have a lot. And um, 
that kind of just ties into this whole poverty mentality. Yes, I, I'm, I'm recalling that story in the Bible. I can't even remember the lady's name. She had the oil, and she finished all the last oil, and God just gave her more and more and more, and she just kept on pouring yes. the oil. And it was such a beautiful story, and I can just always I think of this richness of this oil, mm. and it just kept on coming. <laughs> and I God think- can make miracles. And I think that is the principle. I think it's a it's a godly principle. And I know it's probably not written in the Bible. Maybe it is, but I don't know where. But the more you give, the more you will have. Um, yes. There's just a principle that that's that flow of, of continuously giving. The more you give, the more you bless others, the more God get, blesses you. Because he knows that you are a good steward of what he has entrusted in you. And that keeps the flow going. Yes. You must consult God in how you spend your money. Mm. You know, sometimes people are so afraid of financial ruin or a financial conundrum that they never go on that great holiday or they never go on that vacation. Mm. And coming back to the chapter, the one talent, in all things, seek the counsel of the Lord, says 2 Chronicles 18. I once visited uh, with a pastor just to make it very practical yes. again. <laughs> or personal. And, yeah, personal. And she mentioned to me, you know, after our long conversation, she said to me, but you, you really do need an upgrade on your handbag. <laughs> and I was taken by surprise and completely flabbergasted. I mean, how can the pastor tell you your handbag is ugly? <laughs> oh, shame, Nicolette. <laughs> to achieve by wearing this, this old tattered handbag and all of a sudden I looked at this handbag and I saw what God must have been looking at and it's like obviously there's something that you're feeding by not trying to spend money on a new handbag and mm. it was such an eye opener for me. Sure. I think that must have, you know, we sometimes, you know, sometimes things we don't see about ourselves and someone, you know, mentions something and then you start thinking about things a little bit more differently. But thanks for sharing. Mm. I I think also what I realized from that is you can have pride in living a frugal life. You know, it's it's a very fine line between, Mm. I, I, you know, I, I hardly ever spend money or I cycle everywhere. <laughs> yeah. And you must just be careful that you, you don't, pride does not send in, set in, in how frugal you can manage to live your life. Mm. And, I, and I think that is the fine line. I mean, even though you have, like you said, with the, say for instance, with the situation with the handbag, it's not like you don't have the money to buy the handbag. You know, you have the money to buy the handbag. So there is the fine line between not overspending on things that is unnecessary, but also not um, depriving yourself from also having the best. So that's, that I think is what you're probably um, saying is the fine line between, you know, having that money and how do you spend it, you know, not to be over just generous and just give away and not, you know, don't think twice. And on the other hand, to not deprive yourself because you also deserve it. You've worked hard for that money. 
you know, I'm, re- I'm reminded of that scripture somewhere that says, and God is your father, and if your father won't give you a snake, I think that was, yes, yes, that yes. was the scripture. Yes, yes, yes. If your father won't mm-hmm. give you a snake, then how much more will God um, refuse you a loaf of bread or I'm quoting from memory. Yes. And I think that that's sometimes a good thing for me to evaluate a mm. purchase or evaluate something that I feel is um, is luxurious. If Would I give something like that to my child? Yes. How much more then would God want to give it to me because mm. I am his child? Nicolette, I think that is very powerful, that statement. But I think, yeah, let's let's take another short break and then we can, um, yeah, just continue. Then we can end off with our conversation afterwards. Thank you, Alana. Hi, this is Alana Willifee and this is Body Matters and I am chatting to Nicolette Prinsloo and we're nearly at the end of this program and we are chatting about stewardship. So, Nicolette, um can you recommend any good books on the stop on the topic of stewardship? Yes, Alana, there's some excellent resources out there. I can give you one or two or three titles. It all depends on in what area you are looking for some wisdom. And there is a book called Your Money Counts by Howard Dayton, and it's a biblical guide to earning and spending and saving and giving and getting out of debt. And then there is Secrets of the Kingdom Economy, written Mm -hmm. by Paul Cuny. And it's about discovering God's principles for the marketplace, anybody that's in investments or finances. And Mm -hmm. um, Stephen De Silva wrote Money and the Prosperous Soul, which is a foundational manual about prosperity, by defining prosperity by the condition of your soul and not your wallet. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, I must be quite honest. Finance is not really something that's, you know, that I'm, you know, on on kingdom finances is just not, you know, the top of my, um, yeah, knowledge. But um, I think this is such nice information. I always feel it's so good to be able to, you know, to advise people on what they can read and what they can't read, especially if you've read it already. Um, Nicolette, just tell us anything, any last thing that you want to maybe tell the listeners out there um, before we, we end off with prayer. Yes, Alana, I think in, in stewardship there there is a humility and a dependence on God. Mm. In everything else we do in our lives, we, we depend on God. And no matter how much or how little you have, um, you must stay in a relationship with the Holy Spirit because God could have chosen anybody to bless somebody else mm. or he could have chosen anybody to do what he needs to have done on earth. Yeah. And in, in my experience, so many times, in, in the offering is the blessing. In that overflow or in that where God is using me, I am the one being blessed. I am the one feeling worthy and special and therein lies the blessing. Mm. In Acts 20, verse 35, it says it is more blessed than to receive. And I think you've mentioned it earlier. 
And that is something that I have experienced in my life. Mm. Um, in my walk with God, my greatest joy comes from when I realize that God is using me in his kingdom. And that is found me worthy to um, bring something to the table. Yes, I think that is amazing. And Nicolette, yeah, just so that we can end off, don't you want to just pray for our listeners out there? Yes, um, thank you. Thank you, dear Lord and Heavenly Father, that we can call on your Father's heart to bless and keep us. Thank you that we can look at each bird out there in the sky with their splendid plumage and that we don't have to be anxious about finances. Thank you that you have given us a sound mind that we can ask for heavenly counsel and wisdom in our personal finances. Finances is not something to be hidden, but that you, Lord, know every hair on our heads and exactly how much we've spent at the hairdresser. <laughs> Amen. Amen. <laughs> okay, not what I expected, but amen to that. Um, Nicolette, thank you so much, my friend, for um, joining us today. I know that um, you were the right person to ask um, just to share on this topic. I know that it's always finances and stewardship is um, part of your heart, as I said, and it's part of your ministry. And so thank you for sharing your wisdom with us today. I really appreciate that. Thank you, Alana. It's been a privilege. And yeah, and to the listeners out there, unfortunately, this is the end of my program. Um, if any of you found it interesting or you would like to comment um, or even if you would like to ask Nicolette a, a question regarding finances or just um, I know that Nicolette is you're good with budgeting. Um, you know, with your day-to-day -day budgets, um, she's really given me sound advice and I know that she's someone that's really clued up um, on this matter. So if you'd like to engage with her or just, um, you know, connect with her, what we will do is um, send us a WhatsApp, go to Radio K Pulpit's um, um, webpage, go to WhatsApp and then put Body Matters in, which is this program. And then you can just jot down if it's a question or if you want us to send you Nicol um, send Nicolette your contact details, just WhatsApp that and put that down. And we will um, definitely pass that on to her and we'll ask her to get back to you. So, yes, we would love to hear from you. So please comment also on our webpage site. So thank you for joining me on Body Matters, where everybody in the body of Christ matters. And we will meet again next Saturday, same times, at the same frequency with great conversation. From me, Alana Willifier, have a blessed week. This insert was brought to you by Radio K Pulpit, 7 to 9 a.m. Please visit kpulpit.co.za.